You are listening to One Flawed Mortal. I'm Esme, Flawed Mortal in Residence. This is so not the episode I thought I would be delivering this week, but my week took a weird turn. And by all accounts, my week is going to remain weird. So I've had to disrupt my regularly scheduled, well-produced, well-recorded show for this. And I apologize. I am currently recording this show around 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday in my car, in my driveway, with my iPhone. I usually record in my house, with my laptop, with my Blue Yeti microphone. But this week is not most weeks. I currently live in an old Victorian farmhouse. It was actually my grandmother's house. She and my grandfather purchased the house in the 1950s, and when they did, they renovated and they converted the farmhouse into a multi-family dwelling. There are three units. There's the large unit where my mom and her siblings grew up and where I used to live with my grandmother until she passed away. There's a small apartment off to the side that my grandmother used to rent off for faculty members, for professors, things like that, or people like that, I should say. And there's an upstairs unit, which is a studio that she historically rented out to students. After my grandmother passed away, we were unable to keep the house in the family. We tried, but the way her will was structured, everybody had to come together or everybody had to agree to sell the house. It was, it was very, very weird. So a family friend purchased the house and he let me and my husband move into the smaller unit. And the reason is because the large unit that we used to live in, because we took over the large unit after my grandmother passed away for the two years until the estate was finalized, the large unit has been converted into student housing. Ever since my grandmother's passing, the electricity in this house has been fucked up. And I don't mean in some spooky woo-woo, she's haunting the house kind of way. I mean the electric company has no idea what the fuck they're doing. Each of the units has its own meter, and that's how the electricity is tracked and billed. For some reason that I cannot get through to them, they have all the meters mislabeled. And every time somebody moves in or out of one of the other units, invariably, my power gets turned off. This happens at least once a year. And every time I call them and I explain the situation that they did the wrong meter again, that the meters are labeled on the side of the building. I have labeled the meters. They always turn off the meter 
for a different unit. Oh, I'm sorry, they should be turning off the meter for a different unit, but they're always turning it off for mine. Or, anyway. It's become a very frustrating, frustrating experience. And today, it happened again. I was laying down for a nap. I woke up, no electricity. It took me many, many hours chasing NYSIG on the phone. I was routed to multiple different departments. And finally, someone was able to help me, supposedly. And by help, I mean they finally agreed that there's a problem and they need to have a technician come out to the house. It took me two hours to get somebody to admit that there was a problem. They kept saying, oh, our our system says that the power is on. And I kept saying, it is for my neighbor. My power is not on. So that's my day. I currently have the house lit up with candles. I showered by candlelight. I have some oil lamps, which thank God I have these oil lamps. I inherited them from my grandmother. I'm able to shower by candlelight. I'm able to do dishes because the hot water heater is gas. The stove is gas. But other than that, my day has been spent dealing with this bullshit. Tomorrow I go to work at the restaurant and hopefully while I'm gone, the power will be turned on. But I don't know because the last time this happened, it took two fucking weeks for the electric company to send somebody out here and flip the fucking switch, which I would do myself if I had the power and the tools to do so, but I don't. At some point, however, I went from being angry, which as a follow-up to my previous episode about being happy. Yes, I still do get angry, even though I'm fundamentally a happy person now. After a while, my anger just turned into bewilderment and amusement, because I gotta be honest, like, what the fuck is going on with this fucking year? Like, seriously, like, Some cosmic joke is being played on all of us is basically what it feels like to me right now. But I know, I know things could be worse. And so let's not tempt fate. And all things considered, I am pretty fucking lucky. I recognize that this is a first world problem. And walking into the bathroom and flipping the light switch on autopilot is a first world problem problem. I recognize that there are many, many people in this world who do not have electricity. The fact that my life is disrupted because the electric company is stupid is a fairly good problem to have, all things considered. And this first world privilege is just one of the many privileges with which I am blessed, and I do recognize that. And because of that, I've been able to maintain something resembling a calm head once I was done actually yelling at Nysig. Which has been a good thing, because it is impossible to see anything clearly if you can't maintain your perspective. 
One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about ever since the pandemic hit, but was really reiterated today, was the idea of not being dependent on our current system. Now, I've always been a little bit, I don't want to say preppery, because that's not exactly it. I'm not, I'm not a prepper by any stretch of the imagination. But I have always been interested in homesteading. I grew up in a family that values gardening and canning and making sure that the family is well provided for and making sure that you are doing your part to ensure the family is well provided for. Making sure that you're not reliant on outside forces to make sure that the family is well provided for. I know this goes back to our immigrant roots, and I believe a large part of this is due to the fact that my mother's side of the family are Roma gypsies who immigrated here to escape oppression and persecution. Being prepared and being self-sufficient was part of their culture, and that has been passed down through the generations to me. And so I have been fairly blessed throughout my life in that most of the time I have electricity, I have running water, I have food, but I do recognize that is in large part due to the era in which I live. The era in which I live is one of comfort for most people, and I am very fortunate to grow up in this time. However, I do feel that I have been ill-prepared for an alternative way of living. I was taught how to can and how to garden and how to make bread from scratch, how to do laundry by hand. Like I've learned the old ways of doing things because it's important in my family to keep the traditions alive. And traditions even such as making your own wine. Like, this is something that a lot of people don't have that skill, but it was important to my grandfather that this skill lives on. And so he made sure that his kids knew and that their kids knew. So really, given the right circumstances, I could be very self-sufficient. But this world I live in is one which prioritizes comfort and ease. And while that is a blessing on one hand, it has made me weak and ill-prepared for an alternative way of living. While I have always been interested in being self-sufficient, largely because my grandfather and my mom really drew home the importance of having these old world skills, it's not something I truly felt passionate about until the pandemic hit. At the beginning of the pandemic, and even continuing until this past week, I have had a difficult time getting things that I need at the grocery store. I'm vegan. I mostly eat plants, and for some reason, it has been very difficult to come by produce where I live. 
And I remember the first day during the pandemic when I had to go to the grocery store and I could not get any fucking produce. I couldn't get frozen produce. I couldn't get fresh produce and nothing. And this continued for a while. And I was actually quite resentful of the fact that I had become so reliant on the modern food distribution system that I couldn't even get a head of iceberg lettuce or a bag of frozen peas. That has really become a sticking point for me. While we do live in a world of abundance and comfort, the systems that get those things to us, our produce, our electricity, just for the two uh, prescient examples in my life at the moment, that system, those systems are not built for people to remain independent and autonomous. When you are reliant on the modern American food distribution system to get your produce, you cannot be fully autonomous and independent. You have to rely on the system. It's built that way. And same thing for utilities. My husband said to me today, you don't have to do anything for NYSIG to fuck with you. You just have to be home. And I said, right, I get that. I understand where you're coming from. But if we didn't have to have NYSIG, we wouldn't be in this situation. I would love to have a little farm in the middle of nowhere, obviously, because that's where farms are, with this cute little house that we build ourselves. So my husband used to be a contractor. We could totally build our own house with solar panels, a giant garden, and a big root cellar to store all of the canned vegetables that I produce myself, that I grow in the garden, and I can in the house, and then we are taken care of. This is what I've become kind of obsessed with over these last three to four months, is trying to figure out a way that this can be made to happen. Now, of course, there are some things that we would still have to get from the current system, such as cell phone service, from which we would be able to tether our computers, satellite internet, things like that. There are other things that we would need because we are not clearly ever going to go like completely off the grid. I mean, we're not that type of person or people, I should say. But the idea of being a self-sufficient household who always has plenty of food, who always has modern comforts and has those without having to rely on the food distribution system, on the utility companies, is extremely appealing to me. The happiest years of my life were when I lived in New Mexico. It's beautiful, fantastic weather, and I really connected with the people. The friends that I made when I lived in New Mexico are still close friends today, and I haven't lived there now for 15 years. 
What made it so easy for me to form relationships in New Mexico is the people that I met cared about the same things that I cared about. Art, creativity, spirituality, being self-sufficient, taking care of your family, and otherwise just being pretty much a good person. A family that befriended me and sort of took me in had a beautiful house in Santa Fe. And while I was living in New Mexico, they sold the house and they bought a ranch in northern New Mexico. And it is just amazing. It is my dream. Huge piece of land that is relatively self-sufficient. That is what I want. And I don't know exactly how to make that happen. But after everything that has happened so far in 2020, I'm really feeling the urge to go live in the middle of nowhere, garden, can, be creative, have my art studio, and blog or podcast about it. That would be blissful to me. I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen, but that is what I have decided to work towards. My husband and I have been talking about this now since March, and I really feel like this is what's going to happen. Probably not for the next, you know, two to five years, but it feels good to finally have a sense of clarity, to have a direction. I am a person with many interests and many passions and many things that I can do to make a living and take care of my family, but I've never really had such a clear vision of what I want my life to look like as I do now. Because of that clarity, which I am so amazingly grateful for, I am now able to reframe this bizarre crap with the electricity as a blessing. It has reiterated to me, it really drove home the point that I don't want to be reliant on the modern system if I don't have to be. I don't want to be some weird off-the-grid prepper recluse who never sees anybody or interacts with society. I just want the peace of mind that my family is going to be taken care of because we have put in the work to ensure that is going to happen. So because of that clarity and that certainty I now have, I am feeling thankful to the universe that this power thing happened so I could be reminded of what it is I want and what it is I want us to be working for long term. I have no idea when my electricity is going to be back on, so I don't know when I'm going to be able to record a podcast with my usual setup. And I would apologize for that, but there's really nothing I can do about it, and it wasn't my fault. So just know that I am doing 
the best I can with what I've got, and you will get a new episode as soon as possible. It may be another one of these phone recorded episodes. I don't know. Let me know if you think this is acceptable. So uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Esme Walsh. And let me know if you think these phone recorded episodes are acceptable to you. If you don't mind the audio quality, then maybe I will just do more of them. That way I'm not reliant on knowing when I'm going to be able to have my computer set up with my big microphone. As always, show notes and more are over at oneflawedmortal.com. Though, to be 100% honest, I have no idea when I'm going to get the show notes for this episode up because no computer access right now. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. And I will see you back here soon.